0: Welcome to False Bottom Girls, a podcast about the wonderful, yet sometimes confusing world of beer and brewing.
1: Hi, I'm Rachel Hudson, owner of Pilot Brewing and an Advanced
0: Cicerone. Hi, I'm Jen Blair, sensory expert, homebrewer, and Advanced Cicerone. <laughs>
1: <Sorry. laughs> Welcome to our second water episode. Yeah. <laughs> I, Jen just beat me uh, in <laughs> in the best way. The floaties episode made me laugh water the floaties episode
0: (laughs) yes welcome everyone to our next episode on water it's more interesting than it seems but specifically we're talking about famous brewing centers that are famous for their water and if you haven't yet listened to our previous episode on brewing ions, um, I really encourage you to go back and listen to that because we went really, really into, into depth in that episode, into the deeps,
1: <laughs> of into the deep water. water. <laughs> yeah, we went into
0: the deep water with that episode. So in this one, we're assuming that you've already listened to that episode. So we're not going to go into as much detail. So if you find yourself feeling a little bit lost, I would encourage you, and you and you haven't listened to the first episode, I would encourage you to go listen to that. So in our last episode, we talked about different kinds of groundwater sources. We talked about different kinds of aquifers and kind of touched on some of these places we'll talk about today. And we talked about the brewing ions and what these, these ions that are important to brewing what each one of them does. So we touched on calcium, magnesium, sodium, uh, chloride, sulfate, bicarbonate, bicarbonate. And yeah, those were the six, right? We talked about six. So today we're going to talk through some of these cities because it's, I know for me, the, you know, learning about like places that were famous for their water specifically Burton on Trent like that's one of the first things that you learn when you're learning about beer because you're also probably one of the first things you're learning about is IPA or paleo Mm -hmm. um, which necessarily lends itself to learning uh, about Burton on Trent and for me I know definitely for like first and second level of Cicerone stuff I was like okay, yeah, you know, like Burton water is this, but without really understanding what it was, Yeah, like the information I was learning, and then with advanced, and then of course with master, you need to understand like, well, what does that mean? If you say, you know, Burton water is really high in sulfates, what does that mean? What does that do? So today we're going to talk about um, a few cities, not all of them, but we'll talk about Burton Dortmund, Dublin, London, Munich, and Pilsen. Does that sound like a fair survey to
1: you, Rachel? Yes, it does. All right, yes, it does. Excellent. Yeah. So when you're going to brew your beer, and you say, "I want to brew Pilsner," and you're now you're at that level where you're paying attention to your water, you know what this is? This is a good place to start. Like, okay, what does that mean? Yes. And, so that's why we're talking about these cities right because and yeah there's a lot of other beer out there like ipas and you know english ipa versus american ipa and you know like basically we're talking like I, we're talking about all these european countries and yes we have a lot of american beer we have a lot of american water over here but what are what of all of our styles mostly based out of our your you know different versions of the styles that we're talking about today so Right, the more so the first cities, like we say, oh, these are the famous cities for water, and it's like, well, these cities because of their water, they made these styles, and that's right, like really what they're like known for. It's not like it's not like drinking water, right? I should point out, yes, this yeah. is a very brewer's thing. Like, don't go into the Dublin supermarket and be like, what's the Dublin local market water here? I hear, <laughs> right. I hear the Dublin water is all the rage, high in alkalinity.
0: Like,
1: uh, right. We have lots of different types of water, ma'am. You can go over there right. to the water aisle. Right. There's Dasani.
0: There's yeah. Smartwater.
1: They come uh, from
0: everywhere. Yeah. And like we talked about in our last episode, too, and I think that's a really good point to make, Rachel, is thinking about something like American Lager or American Light Lager that arose as its own distinct style, not because of water, but because of the availability of ingredients, the barley that they were used to. And um, so, yeah, like, I think that's a really good point that in the United States, the brewing developed in different ways, but it was heavily influenced by what, you know, people who were immigrating into the country were bringing with them. The other thing we talked about in our last episode was that The American industry, one, is very young, but, you know, around the time that styles and brewing was starting to happen in the United States, there was more of an understanding that water was something that influenced it. And there were ions in water and that influenced it. And in the United States, particularly with craft brewing, it's very, very young, but we have the ability now because we have this knowledge and insight into water and water chemistry, we can make any beer style. So Rachel can you know, fill up her brew kettle and brew a, um, let's say a a check pail lager, knock that out, fill it up again with the exact same water source and brew an Irish stout. And Mm -hmm. it's going, that water doesn't affect it because she'll be able to adjust those ions within the water. So I guess we can just start off big with talking about Burton-on-Trent. Yeah,
1: super important.
0: Yeah. And that's definitely one of those like as you're turning into, I, I don't love the phrases like beer geek and beer nerd, but as you're as you're getting more into beer, yeah. Burton on Trent is one of the very first stories that you learn about. And the the thing that makes Burton so famous or so notable is it has extremely hard water. So it has extremely high levels of calcium and it has extremely high levels of sulfate. Mm -hmm. So what that means is, um, we're going to have really hard water. As we discussed in our last episode, high levels of sulfate are very good for hot bitterness for accentuating that hot bitterness for a Mm -hmm. dry finish. And that's, you know, when we think about like pale ales and Burton ales that came out of Burton, that is some of the hallmarks of those. It's also going to, uh, you know, Create a lingering bitterness, also accentuate that hop flavor and aroma. So if you're trying to brew a malt forward beer, you don't want a beer with really high sulfate levels. That's again, that's kind of like just to, you know, those are at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we talked about in the last episode as well is, you know, there's other breweries in these areas where brewing other styles yes. of beer. Yeah. And those, like we have also talked about, those styles were probably fine. Yeah. But these styles that really popped, popped because of the water profile. And so, yeah, like you can make probably a fine enough stout in Burton, but the pale ales were where where it was really like, kapow.
1: Yeah. And And for the story too, the famous IPA story, there was a brewery called Hodgson's. And they were brewing IPA or they were brewing a very hopped pale ale to get to the English colonists in India. Right. They try to monopolize that market where but they weren't big enough. They eventually, you know, gave way to that idea. Other breweries, Burton on Trent, started brewing IPA to send to the market as well. Well, thus people started to really like their IPA more than the other breweries because of their water profile was different than Hoxchins. And it had that high sulfate content um, level that you are mentioned and that really accentuated that hop character. So you had more bright, you know, hop, just probably just a slightly better tasting IPA. We're not talking like the difference of like crap and non-crap, you know, right. but right. Exactly. It's, just, it's just like people will subconsciously prefer things. And that's one of the reasons why is because of water profile.
0: Right. And I think, yeah, that's, that's super important to note. And another interesting thing about Burton that I remember learning in the IPA book is that not all water in Burton is really high sulfate. So we talked about in the last episode, uh, Burton being on a sandstone and carbonate aquifer And they had wells drilled (laughs) to different depths. And so what was happening was the first wells were fairly shallow. Those were really high in, you know, in the sulfate, in the um, calcium and sulfate. So really high in gypsum. And as the town expanded and as breweries expanded and had to move farther out of town, they got into different parts of the aquifer. So when they drilled their wells, they were going a lot deeper And so the water that they were getting was not as high in gypsum. It wasn't as gypsious as the ones closer in town were, which makes sense recalling from our our previous episode, the water that's going to be deeper in the aquifer has gone kind of like stripped through the the rock, you know, so uh, even in Burton, it depended on where you were, Mm -hmm. Uh, but they did realize like, oh, okay, it is the well water. It's, you know, or it's our water that is making this, that is, is creating this flavor in our beers. And I, we can't talk about Burton on Trent and gypsum without talking about what's known as the Burton snatch, which is that really quick hit of sulfur that you get. If you have a really high, um, a beer with a high level of sulfate, sulfate, sulfur. Um, so it's, it will go away very quickly, but also humans adapt to it very yes. quickly which is also why like you can open up a bottle of corona and you're like oh my god it's so skunky and a couple of minutes later it's you don't fine. notice it at all Is because you've already adapted to it
1: yeah i had i walked into a brewer getting his mashed salts ready for a brew one day and it was a lot of sulfate and i'm like whoa 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 let's talk about this he's like <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh it's a you know clone recipe from like a Burton on Trent IPA, and like just because we can. Right. I <laughs> mean we should. Right. But do you have to sell this beer and I don't want that snatch? He's like, I'm going for that snatch. I'm like, we don't need that snatch. We can right. do the English IPA without yeah yeah we can do like <laughs> a, we
0: can do like a snooch maybe not a snatch <laughs>
1: yeah I was like how of you brew this of with this amount of salt and then if you think it needs more we try again right he was like, no, never mind. Like after he brewed it, he's like, no, we don't need to ruin it with. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: No. And I've definitely done that with Ron Pattinson's, um, Ron Pattinson's vintage homebrew book. Like I've brewed a couple of recipes out of it. Like
1: let's go the old style.
0: Yeah. Where I'm (laughs) like, I think I brewed like a mild, like back in the day when mild meant something very different. And I think it called for like 14 grams of hops and that's, a lot. Yes. Yeah, uh, 14 <laughs> ounces of hops, not 14 grams. And that's like, even for a big, like heavily hopped beer, that's a lot for a five gallon recipe. That beer was not good. And so, like oh. you said, like, it's not well, the hops. Yes, it's historical, been. but it's not. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's historical, but that doesn't mean that it's good. So, yes, yeah. yeah, so you can do an inspired by. Yes. And not a literal translation.
1: A sellable. Right.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. See, that's another important thing. I'm not selling my homebrew. So even yeah. if it's bad, like I still have like an 8% beer that's good enough to drink. Yeah. And it's on the kegerator. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then our, our next one we'll talk about and we're kind of going in. Well, I guess it's not exactly like strongest water to to softest. Yeah, soft it kind of is. But um, the next one we'll talk about is Dortmund. And I get really excited when I'm talking about Dortmund Lager because as well, BJCP now has decided that it's called the German Helles Expert Beer, Um, but you might also see it as a Dortmunder um, or a Dortmund Lager. It's one of my favorite styles and it's one of my favorite styles because it showcases the water. Yeah. Minerality in the water. And I love when I like when, if if you have a, a Dortmunder on tap, I will order it every time. Like, it's just one of those things, like, I don't even need to read the rest of your menu. I will read down. I will see Dortmunder. I am done. That's yeah. what I'm getting. Um, and I'm really going to be expecting that minerality in it. Um, so there's nothing more sad than me being, well, there's a lot of things more sad, but um, <laughs> it's a sad day for me when I get excited about a Dortmunder and then I get it. I'm like... It's supposed to have a minerality to it. It should be like
1: less crisp, less hop character than a pilsner, the more minerality, like very close to a pilsner, but not quite as hoppy, more minerally. Right.
0: Right. So Dortmund also has a really high level of calcium and sulfate, not as high as Burton, Burton, but still like higher than really any other brewing city. Like it's like second.
1: Mm-hmm. In terms
0: of the calcium sulfate levels that it has. Oh, oh I need to find somebody who has a Dortmunder <laughs> it's like in Atlanta on tap right now. Uh, Dap, it, Dap it export
1: is. is the most common, probably, example you could get in the States, I would guess.
0: Yeah, I think either that or the Great Lakes
1: Dortmunder okay. gold. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's good.
0: And I have actually like sent emails and DMs to people because I, in Georgia, I don't get Great Lakes. Yeah. Uh, So if I'm going to be like in Charlotte or something, I will be like, can somebody please get this for me so I can have some Um, because it's I really don't have much else to say about it except that I just really love the style um, (laughs) because I love the minerality. Like when you get it right and you have that perfect amount of calcium sulfate in there, Um, like Rachel said, it's basically like taking again, not as high levels, but taking those high at elevated levels of calcium sulfate that's going to add the minerality and you're putting it into um, basically, a you know, like a German pills recipe. Yeah. It's just so good because it, it's it's the same way as, you know, describing a like a German pilsner or a Czech pilsner as, you know, being a showcase for like the soft malt and the soft hops. Like yeah. those are still there, but then it's just like minerals, <laughs> and it's and I, I I recommend that as a style to anybody who's like I'm not really sure what minerality tastes like in beer. Get something like a Dortmund, um, a German Helles Get, export like, beer, even
1: like a highly mineralized water. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being in Dortmund or Düsseldorf, and I guess Cologne too. And there was I did not like the water. And I know, I know it's highly mineralized and it's just, oh, I just taste it so minerally and I get it supposed to, but I did not like it, but having it over there and then going to have a beer, I was like, okay, this is a lot better. This is like making my water better. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Like all the malts like rounds it out. It's like very (laughs) nice. It was very big difference. I was like, I cannot drink this water over here or like I was buying bottled water, but the beer. (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's um, with like with water, it can be kind of hard to do like water sensory. But that's one of my favorite things to to do for people to when I'm talking about water to say like water is not tasteless. It's not flavorless. It's when you add something to your beer is give them a lineup of here's distilled water. Here's whatever your local filtered water tastes like. Here's what it tastes like right out of the tap. Here's Evian because Evian has a really high minerality. And so you can taste through all of those and realize like, especially between the distilled and the Evian, that's, you know, that's going to give you kind of the, like, here's Pilsen.
1: Yes. Here's
0: Doorman or or Burton.
1: Yeah, exactly. I remember doing that with you and being like, oh, I do not like Evian. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: right so then the next city we'll talk about dublin we're talking Mm -hmm. about dublin we're talking about irish stout if we're talking about irish stout we're talking about guinness yes basically that's all that's all Yeah, that's it next next city (laughs) (laughs) but um dublin has really high uh, alkaline water so high residual alkalinity so For example, Burton has that really high calcium and sulfate levels. Their residual alkalinity is five, right? Dublin's residual alkalinity is 170. And that's one of the the highest like RA levels of any of the famous cities. Um, And so why that's important is um, when we're thinking in terms of Irish stout, think of in terms of Guinness, that has a really high amount, well, high, relatively high amount of roasted barley and roasted malt. Both of those, the roasting process makes malt more acidic. So roasted malt can be used to lower your pH, exactly. right? So if you have a beer with really high alkalinity, it's, you're going to be able to taste it. It's going to be alkaline. Um, you're not going to have a very good fermentation because the high alkalinity is going to be very poisonous for your yeast. So you can use something like roasted malt, roasted barley to bring your pH down. And so, again, I I remember reading that Guinness had a pale ale that it Mm -hmm. was brewing um, that I'm sure was fine. It was drinkable, but their stout was fucking fantastic. And, Mm -hmm. you know, learning later that the reason why that stout tasted so good was because the roasted malts and barley used in it lowered that alkalinity into a better pH range for, uh, for the beer to have a you know, healthy mash, healthy fermentation. And I, for me, I think that Dublin water, like talking about water chemistry and famous water cities in terms of like Dublin has this very specific water profile and they have this very specific style of beer that just goes together. Like Dublin's my favorite city to talk about when we're talking about cities famous for brewing water. And I don't think it gets enough attention because like we said, everybody hears about Burton. Yeah. Um, you know, and like you hear about Pilsen and Munich and you're like, you know, Dublin's there, but it's like, it's just such a perfect combination of using what's available for you to develop this beer style that just does fantastically. Sure. So um Yeah, that's me. As you can tell, I, I really like water chemistry. I get really excited talking about (laughs) brewing cities, and why they're famous. Because again, I think that uh, a lot of, you know, if we're thinking about beer enthusiasts, and you know, like the beer market looking at sales that sell the best, most people are like hops, 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 hops. And you know, like, to to my chagrin, to a much lesser extent, being like, malt, 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 malt. (laughs) In my world, it's it's flipped. Um, But like people really don't usually talk about the water and the water, and I think that's just because now, like we said, now you can brew any, you can adjust your water however you want. So you're not really that dependent on it. I do have a um, very brief aside talking about water. Um, There is a brewery. In Georgia. I have not been there yet because I don't want to go um, because of what I'm about to tell you, but I kind of want to go just to be like, this is exactly what I thought. <laughs> this brewery is only, only kvike yeast, which is fine. A lot of breweries use that now, um, but they're not treating their water in any way so they can showcase the water terroir oh. of their brewery. Okay.
1: Like at, at all,
0: Nothing. at all, at all. Like I don't think that they're just like turning on the tap. Um, hopefully are sh- not. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I haven't been there yet.
1: Because um, if you're gonna show off your terroir of the water, what do you, why, why do anything to yeah. it at all?
0: Although maybe they're on a well, um, so maybe they have excellent water, and maybe I'll get there and be like, I was remiss to talk shit about you on my podcast that you have probably never heard of, <laughs> um, that you didn't even know that I did. Uh, but if I do go. I will report back so everybody knows um, if I was right or if I was wrong, but interesting, I think that the concept of only using like quickly fermenting yeast that isn't temperature, like where you don't need temperature control and saying that you're focusing on your water terroir is a great way to tell me that you don't know shit about the brewery that you're about to open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't understand, beer. you qualified for a small business loan and uh, you're just going to see what happens so Ugh. that's that's enough of my shit talking um so the next one we'll talk about did i say we would talk
1: about london i don't know we can talk about it but briefly. we should talk about at least pilsen yeah london, definitely munich, munich and pilsen um
0: i just can't remember if we talked about yeah, london. london's
1: famous for the Porta. Right.
0: So the same way, if we're talking about um, London water is going to generally be higher in residual alkalinity. So something like a porter um, where, you know, where the sale developed is going to, again, that's going to be very beneficial um, in terms of being able to lower your alkalinity to get your pH in a, um, in a healthier level for your mash and your fermentation. If we're talking about like the Thames river, that has a much lower residual alkalinity. In our last episode, we talked about the London Basin being a carbonate rock aquifer. Um, so it's going to have mostly limestone, which is going to be calcium carbonate, and mostly dolomite, which is going to be calcium magnesium carbonate. Um, so you know, like London water, it's always included on the list. And I understand that it was a major brewing center, but to me, it's just always seemed kind of unremarkable. You know, yeah, like if I had right to write an essay on London water, I'd be like, I don't know. It's fine. I guess <laughs> I just don't like a, when I think of famous it's... brewing water cities, London is not, it's like at the bottom of the list. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> but uh, we will wrap up with talking about Munich and Pilsen. So Rachel, we went to Munich.
1: Oh, so hopefully fun. one day
0: we'll go to um london
1: well, well all yes. of them
0: we'll go yeah we'll go to london hopefully we'll go to pilsen someday as well but tell us about the about munich water well about first, like munich pilsen
1: yeah same kind of pretty similar that's that's going to be where your more soft water is it's going to have your more for your your loggers your bunk, dunkle box oktoberfest um, Showcase of like darker malts, balance some temporary hardness, but it's really going to be relative, provides for like a mellow hop bitterness and lets malt flavor dominate. So it's a nice, good s- base start for just kind of showcasing the ingredients, not too minerally, not too hard. Do you remember when we were sto- touring um Spotten, which is also like Spotten, Francis Connor, Lowenbrow? And, and he's like, yep, this is where the water comes from. And it was that yes. well. And it yes. was
0: so small yes i do remember that
1: and like it was had all these pumps and stuff it's like puppy water but like this must have been like no bigger than like a six to eight eight inch port like pipe like going into the ground yes i had
0: totally forgotten about that but yeah you're right because he was like do you want to see the water and we're like yeah yeah don't get excited
1: (laughs) (laughs) so small
0: so cool yeah yeah it was definitely um yeah, you see it, and you're just like this. This is where, is yeah,
1: that- yeah, all is that your beer, yeah. What how much beer are you making in there? <laughs> right. But yeah, yeah, so super soft water in that area of the country. Nice, good brewing water, Sim- similar to Charlotte water. So I right. don't add. I don't add much when I brew lagers. Or yeah, yeah,
0: you really don't have to. And um, yeah, so Munich will be like a little bit higher in alkalinity. But yeah, generally um a like the water there is a little bit harder than um than Pilsen. And but yeah, like the Pilsen water is I remember like the first time looking at that and then the first time looking at Charlotte water and I was like, Jesus, like this is soft water. Yes, (laughs) There's, there's not anything in it. And especially like I was saying in Charlotte I had a well and so my well water was so much different than like the Charlotte municipal water was. Yes, exactly. Um, like, I think my, my well water was at like 30 parts per million and Charlotte is at like three. Um, so, yeah. And I think one other thing that we didn't mention in the last episode that is important to mention for anybody listening, homebrewers, brewers, like if you listen to these last two episodes and you're super hyped about like, I'm going to start paying attention to my brewing water. Hopefully we've given you some information that will help you get started with doing that. But if you're wondering what your water is like, um, what the chemical makeup of your water is, Ward Labs, they're out of Nebraska, that's W-A-R-D. You can go to their website and order a water testing kit. And they will send you, I think the last time I ordered it, they sent me like four bottles. And that was enough. I did that when I was in Charlotte. So I was like, okay, I can get, I'm going to get my water tested every quarter Mm -hmm. for a year. So I can see how the mineral, you know, the minerality changes in the water throughout the year. So that way, you know, again, like I can just kind of factor that in, like if I'm brewing in March, my water might look different than it will be in July. Um, with someplace like municipal water, like Charlotte, I don't think that there's really that much. It doesn't change that much. Yeah, they they treat it and yeah. yeah, they can like, it's going to be much more consistent. But you can go to Ward Labs, you can order a water test, they will send you everything you need to do that, um, along with really clear instructions, which is mm-hmm. pretty easy, it's like open up your tap, let it run for a few minutes, and then just fill it up with water, seal it, mail it back to us, and they will send you a report like really fast. I mean, yeah, I think most really of fast. the time I get it like within a week of mailing it and it's like 40, $45. So it's not free, but yeah. it's fairly inexpensive. Um, if you live someplace uh, like Charlotte, sometimes you can go on the Charlotte website, you know, like go to the Charlotte water website and find old water reports that will have the information. It, you know, $45 I think is, is for me, it's worth it to do that just to know for myself what's in my specific water, because a lot of times some of that stuff might be out of date or like you go and they're like, here's the water report from 2013. And it's like, yeah, but maybe things are different now. <laughs> so war labs is really good to do, you know, even if you do it once, just so you know, and like, I, um, when we were in Charlotte on our well in my brewing water. I had the profile set up that this is our address, water profile. So that way when I was creating a new recipe, I would just do a save as, but all of my information was still in there. So again, if I was brewing something um, like a Munich Hellas, then I knew already I need to just go buy distilled water, um, spring water, um, purified water, Some of those you still need to check to see, like, what the mineral content is, as well as what their pH is. We talked about that in one of our most recent episodes. Oh, the one, duh, the one on pH that even distilled water, the water out of your tap, that's not going to be a neutral seven. Most companies, you will be able to go to their website and they will tell you, like, here's the average pH for our water, here's the average Mm -hmm. chemical composition of our water, but I think it's definitely worth it. If you're a brewer of any kind, if you're a professional brewer, you definitely need to know what's in your water. If you're a home brewer and you're interested in dialing that in, go ahead and do it. And yeah, I mean, I think that kind of wraps us up. I guess the last thing I would say about water, um, particularly with brewing is that as a brewer, pro brewer, home brewer, you should be tasting your water every time you brew, Um, Mm -hmm. taste it, multiple times taste your brewing water taste your cleaning water taste all of it every day to make sure that or you know before you brew before you fill up your brewer kettle take a sample of the water and taste it just to make sure that there you know I, this happens sometimes in municipalities like maybe dirt somehow got into the system or something went went a little haywire that day it's you know it's a really quick quality check to do but you should always be tasting your water before you brew with it um so you know or if you like i know rachel you all have a filter if for some reason your filter is not working you can taste it and be like this tastes like chlorine Mm -hmm. we need to find find out what's going on um so yeah thank you everyone for listening to this episode about famous brewing cities and hopefully you enjoyed these couple of episodes We did, we did some technical ones, I guess, because the one before this was on pH. So thank you for listening. I hope that that has helped people as they're, you know, learning more about water and maybe we helped demystify or maybe mystify water more or less for you. (laughs) But yeah, you can find us on social media at Girls. You can email us falsebottomgirls at gmail.com. You can also visit our website. Falsebottomgirls.com. I think it's been a couple of episodes since we mentioned our Patreon. Thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Um, as a Patreon member, you get a monthly deep dive into a beer style uh, episode. You also get an interview episode and we do a monthly newsletter. Um, so you do get perks for being a Patreon. We want to make sure that we're providing value for our, all of our listeners, Patreon supporters or not. So if you have a a suggestion for a topic you would like us to cover, we actually, I had a couple of people ask about the water chemistry, which we had already planned to do it. So I was like, we've got you covered. Um, But really, we we really enjoy hearing from you. And that helps us guide what kind of content we're creating because we wanna make sure that you all enjoy it. And my very last thing that I will request from you again, Ganks, it's been a while since we requested this, please, uh, whatever podcast podcatcher you were listening to us on, take a couple of minutes to give us a review. Um, if it's, you know, it'd be great if it was a five-star review, if it's going to be like, three if it's Yeah, if anything under <laughs> five, don't even worry about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, those ratings are really helpful for us in the algorithm as is a review. So if you've got a couple of more minutes to write us a review on you know iTunes, Audible, um, Google Play, like wherever you're listening to us, that is hugely, hugely appreciated. And we do actually read those and like look at the ratings and stuff. Um, oh yeah. So we'll know. <laughs> Say something rude. So yeah, Rachel, thank you thank for your you. time today. And we will see you all next time. This has been False Bottom Girls, and we make the Bruin world go round.